Speaking to the Nameless, Episode 1. I feel like there's a lot of different things I'd like to say to you. But I also think that there's different amounts of what's more important, what's not important. And as I tell you these things, as I say these things to you, I'm guessing a lot of the insignificant things will fall away. So as always with conversations, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to begin with. I'm sure there are things that I don't fully have clear to me at this point. But there is one quick thing, one little thing that I can say. And is it's it's... It's how cute you were when you started to do self-improvement. And I don't know if cute is the right word. That seems, well, I guess I'm using it here in a condescending sort of way. And you would do these things like, oh, I'm not having sugar in my coffee anymore. Or I'm on this new diet. Or I'm reading this book by Simon Sinek or I've got this gym routine, or something like this. And you'd sort of say these and have these phases of going into this, but then you'd sort of forget about it. And it always seemed so, it seemed so shallow to me. Well, it it sort of seemed like two things. On the one hand, it seemed shallow. It seemed like a pretty weak attempt But then on the other hand, I felt like it proved to me that you realized there was more to more to life than just what you spent the majority of your time doing. I remember one time when we were at the bar and it was 3 a.m., 4 a.m., something like that, and we'd been drinking with everyone all all day and all night. And we we somehow ended up standing at the bar, just you and me. And I was a little bit drunk and I said, now this is a rare opportunity. This is a special opportunity where we can talk without the things that we normally have hanging over us. And I don't know if that's exactly what I said, but it was words to those effect. And I grabbed your attention. That was a a powerful, a sort of an attentive, an alerting conversation starter. And we ordered drinks, but then someone came along and they interrupted us. And we didn't get to have that conversation. And then even later, you remembered. And I remembered that there was something that needed to be said. And what I was going to say at that time, well, it doesn't seem right to really say it considering all that's happened since then. And really, this conversation here is all those things that I wanted to say, but didn't say or couldn't say for whatever reason. And that instance at the bar, that that still has a broader... It, it, it points to something broader and more epistemic between you and me, which was that I never got to be myself. And really, if I... I, I mean, I've got all these little things that I want to say, and I and I will say them, but when I really try and get to the core of it, if I really try and boil it down deep, then 
one of the things that comes up, or one of the ways I sort of summarize how things were between you and me, was that I'd say, it, it was, how do I say this? I, f- I feel like I'm using too many words now. I need to say it more simply. I feel like I'm becoming too intellectual, too much like this is a, a an explanation rather than a, a conversation. And if I really, if I really think about what is what is the core, I, I want to say problem, but not problem, but what is the essence of our relationship? I'd say that I never really got to meet you man to man, person to person. We were so caught up in whatever we were doing or whatever we were involved in or the roles that we were doing. All of that just, it it got in the way. And... I can see there are these little situations where that sort of started to come through. And I remember this one day when we turned up at the cafe and I genuinely felt happy to see you. And I smiled and I greeted you. And I really did feel like, wow, now I feel good to be meeting at the cafe with you. And it was just on this one instance, just this particular instance where you you sort of shut it down. You you brushed it away. Sort of in a in a little like oh that's condes- in a condescending sort of way. And and maybe it was inappropriate or maybe maybe not. I I don't know. It's 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 hard to say. It's when when there's all these complexes and different goals and different ideas and different environments that two people are relating in, it's constantly complex. It's constantly it's not always clear. And that was another thing that you brought up multiple times was how do we make it clear what we're doing? How do we make it clear how we should communicate to each other? How do we define things? And that really is a big part of your personality. How do you make things neat? How do you quantify things? How do you put a number to things? And human relationships are not like that. So it's not always like that between two people. And it's not always lovey-dovey, fluffy, oh, aren't you such a jolly good friend? That's not what I'm saying we should have been. Even though maybe maybe we could have. I don't know. That's a very that's a very big what if in the in the post analysis of this. <laughs> and really may, maybe I'm just off with the pixies. Maybe I am completely off with the pixies. But there are other ways it can be, and there are ways that it can be on edge. And it can be... Every conversation can be a gradual... a a, a growing towards more clarity and more strength and more adaptability. And a relationship like that has a back and forth. It has a, 
It has a, a dynamic, flowing nature to it. Whereas with us, it was more like, no, here's how it is, fit. So here are the rules, we follow the rules. It's a classic conservative meme. And when I say you're just a classic conservative meme, I, I feel this big <laughs> I feel this this big thing open up, which is the the psychological analysis of you. And believe me, I could easily I and this was another thing between you and me, is that it got to the point where I could easily plug you into psychological analysis and it made things so clear. It was so obvious what personality traits you had, why you spoke the way you did, why you treated people the way you did, your lifestyle, your family, all of it. It was just so super clear to me. And I could easily explain it. I, could, I can explain why it's wrong, why it's right, all the ins and outs through psychological analysis. And that was hanging over me. That was something with, within me that made me, that, that, that sort of fought with me because I didn't want to do that. Somehow I didn't think that was right. Somehow I thought that if I did that, if I was really making that the core of how I related to you, then either things couldn't continue or, well, well, that, that's really it. Things, things just wouldn't work that way. And just like a relationship is not a set of rules and mathematical equations, it's also not a set of psychological maps. It's not a set of psychological systems of analysis. There's another big thing which... I can say generally about you and me. And that is that I wanted your approval. I wanted you to acknowledge I I wanted you to 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 see my intelligence. That's really it. And even if we leave aside ability and skill, that can be different to intelligence. But really it was, it, it was, it was intelligence that I admired in you. R- really, mostly. A- and you are intelligent. There is no... Well, well maybe that's, this is too much of a tangent, but... In some ways, well, this really tells a lot about the the evolution of our relationship because you are highly intelligent within a narrow field. And when I was first getting to know you, it was extremely admirable to watch you be so intelligent and to put your mind to things. And yet, as I changed, as things expanded for me and my perspective opened up, that intelligence started to look more and more like just this narrow thing. And of course now, (laughs) well now we have psychological maps which are multiple intelligences. And my idea of your intelligence is very different to my craving for approval from you. And yet somehow they're related because I wanted approval from someone who was intelligent. That means something. When someone who's intelligent says you are intelligent, 
That's different from just any old person saying, wow, you're really smart, this sort of comment. And you notice, actually, that you did approve or give a compliment to my intelligence. And it was so funny that all the things, all these things that I was trying to do to to appease you or to, to impress you were the things I thought you wanted. I was trying to do what you wanted. And that that never worked. It was never good enough. It was never any sort of encouragement or or anything. It was always just... Like, it wasn't like an overt, oh, not good enough. It it was subtle. But really, there's there's no other way I can summarize it apart from, hey, not good enough, failure. And yet then, I was doing all this other stuff, like reading books and meditating, and I was telling you about my you know, my meditation practice and my meditation course that I went on and all these people I'm listening to on the internet and lectures and and writing, all, all this stuff. And every now and then, whenever this came up, you there would be a subtle kind of, wow, that's really smart. Like you think a lot or you think deeply. Or, wow, sometimes I feel like a bogan when I hear the sort of stuff you're doing. (laughs) That was actually a comment that you said. Do you remember saying that? I feel like a bogan when I hear about some of the stuff you're doing. And there's another component to that, which is that in the past, you've really been quite, how do I say, you don't think very highly of bogans, <laughs> is that one way of putting it. And there, there, were, there were instances when someone came along and you just said something like, what a complete fucking bogan, get them out of here. So it was like that, that scenario fast forward some time into a different scenario and you say, oh, I feel like a bogan when I hear what you're saying and with your intelligence. You can, you can see like, wow, that was a big compliment. That was a big thing for me. And so the irony is that you were, you were encouraging the very things that were making me feel more distant to you and making it harder and harder for me to really relate to you in any sort of way. So that's some that's some dynamics, I guess. That's some little backs and forths of memories that I have of you. And there was, at least for a short time, a feeling in me that I was so much better than you. And also how ungrateful you are for the things you have. And how much opportunity to experience life that you are wasting. And the feeling I had surrounding these sort of things was, well, like, I I feel like I'm so much better than you and there's an outrage. There's There's an anger. There's an outrage of how could you waste yourself? How could you waste your potential? How could you waste the opportunities that you have? But I've passed through this feeling. 
and it passed into almost like a kind of pity, like I feel sorry for you. Because I I knew there was no way you were going to change. There was no way that you could learn these things or find these things. And I felt, I felt sad that someone could live the life you're living and miss so much when really it would, it would not take much. It really wouldn't take much. And you have, you have the intuition. And I've seen you have glimmers of the intuition. I saw it when you went overseas one time. And it was for a specific event. And there were children. And it was a very different country to the country we live in. And it was a very unique opportunity for you to go on this trip under special circumstances. And when you came back, there was a difference. There was a noticeable difference. And the stories you shared, you shared in such a way as that it was obvious something had touched you. But it wasn't a structural shift. It wasn't a life lesson. And furthermore, who am I to judge? Do I really know you? Do I really know what you're like? Or maybe that's a question we can come to in this conversation. Because I have seen many sides of you. I've seen you under stress. I've seen you under pressure. I've seen how you talk to people, how you relate to people. And also for many years you've related to me. So in some ways I do know you. And of course, there was no way, there was no way I could ever have said all this to you. There was no way I could have said, well, there there was never going to be a a turnaround and say, well, do you want to show me the way? Or do you want to tell me what's going on? Or do you want to really say what you think? (laughs) impossible impossible just impossible and really that's the only way you could find what you're missing It, it, it is as radical as me becoming your teacher And I have even considered this. I have even wondered. Now, now, what would happen if I turned around and said, okay, I'll tell you. I'll teach you. I'll give you all the secrets. I'll share exactly what you need to know. Guaranteed. And it is guaranteed because I know it works. I know, I know. And it does work. And furthermore, I'm going to charge you money. You're going to pay me. And I'm going, to, I'm going to do that just so that you know that there's value to it. And just so that you'll pay attention enough to what I'm teaching. And of course, this, this whole fantasy is just laughable. It's just... 
it's uh, th there's no way that it's entertainable. And it's not even me. It's not even me that's the only person that's had this sort of inclina inclination towards you. Because I know other people have turned around and offered you help. And offered you, not, not even help, but th they've offered something that they have for you. And you've just, just, just thrown it in the trash. It's just so pathetic because, because it ins it, somehow you f it's like you find it insulting. It's like, it's like when someone offers you help or when someone offers you something, you, you're no longer the big man that you, you think you are. You're no longer the, the intelligent, I, I figure it all out for myself sort of person. And it's very subtle, this. You're... Your staunch confidence is very subtle and it's very, it's very hard to see because so much of this world is called up, caught up in appearances and you don't have the appearance of someone who is like that. You actually look quite trustable. You look quite friendly. And you're soft-spoken. And you don't, you're not aggressive in your conversations. Socially, there's no aggression at all. And it's only when you really get close to you that you start to see where the aggression comes out. And how strong it is. And this reminds me of another thing that comes to mind. And I don't know I don't know how I feel about saying this. After all I've said so far, we've come this far, we may as well keep going. So, I guess I'll just have to say it. And this is that I realize that you don't have a sense of humor. Or at least not one that I ever saw. Now, there were times that we laughed... And there were even times when we laughed at you. And we laughed at the things you were saying. And it's, it's strange that when I think about now, when, when were the times that we laughed? Or we laughed at you? I, and I think that through, I actually realized that a lot of those times, it was when you were being staunch. It was when you were being aggressive. And somehow that was an admirable trait when you expressed it. And there is something in someone who overtly just, just boom, here's the statement. This sort of thing. There is something there is something funny in that. Because we're all sort of tiptoeing around life and oh I want to say the right thing, oh and this and that. And then you come along and nah, this is how it is. Blah. That guy's a complete bogan. Blah. <laughs> so I can see the humor in that, but that's not a that's not a sense of humor. That's not a that's not a playfulness. 
And it was very rare for me to see your playfulness. It did come out. It is in there. Very, I can think of, I can think of two occasions where you were really playful and your inner child was coming to the surface. And that was really fun. That was. That, that, th- those are some of the fond memories I have. They make me smile, those moments. And of course, I don't, and, and of course, more, more broadly, I don't want to have this, like, do, do I regret my time? It sounds like, why, as I'm talking, I sort of start to think, why would I be, why would I even relate to you at all? Why would I even want to be around this person? What on earth was I thinking, wasting my life being near this person? But that's not what it was like. That's not entirely what it was like. Of course, I did have those thoughts at times. I did have those doubts. But there were other things that I wanted to do. There were things to be gained. And maybe I am just a coward. Maybe I just don't take responsibility for my relationships enough. But I don't entirely buy that because there were good moments. There were lessons to be learned. It was right for me to have that experience. It was right for me to be where we were for that time in my life. Now, there is more to the story, of course. Right now, as I talk, it feels like I'm explaining how it was when we were together, when we were relating to each other, and what sort of person you're like, what you are like, generally. And I'd like to say a few things about how it ended. And there were so many things that I wanted to say. But I knew I couldn't say them. I knew that it would only cause more mess if I said them. And I actually feel very good about not saying them. I think that was the right thing to do. And now that some time has passed, of course, there's a lot more clarity for me. First of all, when we parted ways, I became very sick. I was bedridden with the flu for two weeks. And, of course, there was this terrible guilt and shame and hurt. And it was just an emotional pain. It was, it was embarrassment, shame, guilt. Like I had really fucked up. And it wasn't just, oh, I've fucked up as in you made a mistake. No, it was exactly how you presented it to me, which was that I was a bad person. It was a flaw deeply rooted in the core of my personality. And I sat with that. 
And at that time, well, it was true. And I lived it as it was true. And really, even now, you can say that, well, looking at it from this way, you were right to say the things you did. You were right to have things end the way they did. And there were so many reasons why you were wrong, why you hadn't treated me fairly, why you were the bad person, how you could have done differently, how you'd deceived me, how you'd gone behind my back, how you'd lied to me, how you'd manipulated people around me, how you'd tricked me, how you'd strung me along. It was a whole list of stories and scenarios and explanations that I had about you. And they were all emotionally charged with anger and with frustration and with this outrage at you and hurt, deep hurt. Because you realize that when things ended between you and me, it wasn't just you and me. And even through all those things that I thought so badly about you, even then there was, a, there was this little thing that said, now just hang on, just work through this. Just don't act on it, don't, don't cling to it. Just let, let the things unfold and you'll see some clarity will come. And the clarity did come because many of the things that I thought so badly about you were unfounded. It didn't make sense. And it wasn't right for me to feel that way about you and to think that of you. And in some ways, how you dealt with the situation was very good. It was very clean. And the point, of course, is not who was right or who was wrong. This is not an argument. This is not a debate. This is not the court of law. It's not, oh, we have reasons over here, we have reasons over there. That's not going to work. That's not how it happens. That's not how things unfolded. Because as time passes, the deeper truths come out. And the, the fact of the matter is that we were parting ways. And that's really all there is to it. And any attempt to do an analysis or an explanation or anything like that is just trying to save face. It's just trying to... Oh... Is he still a good person? Oh, am I still a good person? That sort of game. And if we've parted ways, what does it matter? Now, I can imagine that... Well, well, I can only imagine what happened to you after we parted ways. I, I can only imagine... And I'm sure there are all sorts of wild stories that I can come up with because I've got a brilliant, massive imagination. And I'm aware, of, I'm aware of that now. Of course, in the past, I've been quite arrested by my own imagination in many situations. And, and possibly even in this situation. So, so let me just have some hypothesis as to what you were like after we parted ways, and I guess you thought, well, good riddance. Live and let die, or live and let live. Forget the past, move on. That's always been your attitude. Forget about it, just brush it off. 
venture forth. And, well, who am I to tell you that that's not the right attitude? Who am I to say that you should relate to people in a way that has a human touch? Because it wasn't just me. There were many people who came and went And it wasn't uncommon for the people that went to end up thinking badly of you. And of course, there were also many people that ended up thinking good of you. And it's not a game of... Well, well, we could. We could turn this into a game of, of reputation. Who is a good person? In the eyes of the community. In the eyes of public opinion. Who is a good person? And I can imagine that it would have been to your advantage to paint the worst picture of me. And you really could have said anything. You really could have said anything about me. And... Well, well, I don't know. Now that I'm thinking it through, I feel, I feel there would have been people that thought, no, no, this doesn't fit with the person I know. But I could see that this this whole game is a tangle. This 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 whole thing of reputation and public opinion, you you can see that, right? So surely you can see that now. It's just back and forth, and none of it matters. None of it matters at all. And it's all fading into the distant past. It's already faded. This is, this is already so long ago. And so much has happened since then. My God, since then. Would you like to know? <laughs> if you had the opportunity to... See, see, that would be telling. Would you want to know how things turned out? Would you want to know if I've changed... Now, there was a point in this story where you were holding this image of me, this bad image, very strongly. And I could see that you were so deeply ingrained into this this idea of what I am that every piece of evidence that was coming your way or every piece of information to the contrary was doing nothing to change your opinion of me. And that's why it really was hopeless to argue with you. It was hopeless to try and change your opinion or anything. You, you, just, you just built up this huge thing of all the arrows pointing to me being a bad person. And yet at other times in our relationship... You have known that I have changed. And if you think to the person I was the very first day we met, to the person I was the very day we parted ways, then you have seen a lot of change. You've seen so much change in so many ways. Very much so. Now, if you ask me this question, then it's safe to say you haven't changed much. You've been the person you are pretty much the whole time. At least in in comparison to how I've changed. And you know this. You know this to be true. You can see this, and you do know me. You have seen me. I know lots of the time you, the word you used was, you're cagey, or always so mysterious. 
Now, of course, I admit there were certain things that I didn't feel comfortable to share with you. Certain parts of my life I wanted to keep private. I haven't always been an open book. But on the other hand, we've had many conversations over the years. And there are many things you know about me. So you have seen me change. And there's a very... See, I've learnt this about people. And that is that there, 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 there sort of is a, a binary way of looking at it, which is that someone is either dynamic or they're stagnant. They're either open-minded or they're closed-minded. And in the case of this scenario between you and me, that same sort of idea is, well, they either change or they don't change. And change is relative, of course. But crudely speaking, when we're talking about just you and me, then it applies that I have changed and you haven't much. So do you, do you wonder what, what happened? How did things change? What, what happened after we passed ways? Par, parted ways? And how would you feel? How would... Like, try and imagine a, the greeting. Try and imagine the situation where we encountered one another again. And what sort of things would we talk about? What sort of emotions would be triggered? What sort of things would come up? And part of me would be very excited to see you. And part of me thinks that maybe you wouldn't have the guts. And that's quite simply because now... I see things very differently. And now I would be able to actually stand before you and relate to you man to man, person to person, without all the bullshit. And I would be able to look at you and I would see what you are. And I wonder if there's anyone in your life that's ever done that to you. And I wouldn't be afraid to confront you. I wouldn't be afraid to fess up to my own weaknesses. I wouldn't be afraid to point things out to you in real time as I see them. And I don't know if you will ever meet someone with that sort of edge that knows you so well, that knew you for so many years. It's highly, un- it's highly unlikely with the, with the lifestyle that you have that you will come across someone like that ever, ever again. So would you, would you have the guts to meet me? And what do you think we would talk about? And I say it here like I would be staunch. That's just, that, this is just one of the ideas. Another idea is that I would, I would be open-hearted. I would be warm-hearted. I'd want to listen to you. Really, if we met, I wouldn't want to say much. I'd actually want to listen more. And of course, I'd love to hear that things are doing well. Like if I was to hear that you weren't doing well or something, was, something bad was happening, you know, what, whatever, like life drama or, you know, life is life. Things, things happen. 
That's the mystery. I'll never know. There could, there could be any, there could be any number of life things that have happened to you, and you might have changed. Life events might have changed you. I have no idea, and I like to think that I would wish you well. I would not want to hear that you're doing so badly. I would not want to hear that you've had this drama or this problem or this tragedy or this grief for you and your family. And another thing is that I know now that no matter what you think about a conversation or imagine a conversation or plan a conversation, the actual conversation is never how you imagine it would be. It's never even close. Not even by, not even by like a 1% overlap. So if we, if we were to meet, it would be nothing like the things we are talking about here. And who knows, maybe it would be a big joke. Maybe it would be very funny. Maybe we could laugh at each other. Maybe we could roll our eyes and think, wow, that was a, that was a trip. <laughs> I, I like to think, I mean, that happens to me quite a lot when I see people from the past now. After, after what's happened, see, see, and this is the other thing. When you meet someone, it's, it's not always apparent what's happening. You don't always connect the, the past with the present or what has been with what's happening now. And this, this happens a lot for me when I meet someone from the past after all that I've been through in these last 12 months. I see them and I just burst out laughing. There's actually a lot of laughter. And they, and they would ask me something or they'll, they'll say a question and, or, or a memory or they'll share something. And then, and then this whole thing will open up in me and just, I'll, I'll just, I just have to laugh. I just have to laugh at them. And of course, they think it's very strange. Why is this person laughing? <laughs> and, I, and I can't explain why I'm laughing because, well, I, I guess I could. I could say, well, it's my multidimensional thinking that has increased neural pathways and synoptic firings, which occurred through body work and energy work and emotional opening. And I did transcendental practice and blah, blah, blah. On it goes. <laughs> I guess, well, that's my explanation. But really... The point is that I'm just laughing. And really so much has happened. Something very significant happened after I left you. Something very significant. It was so significant that actually I have a new name now. I have a whole new identity. So that is a story in itself. And even meeting people from the past and they use my old name, that's a very, there's, there's a jarring sort of, oh, that's an experience for me. So I, I, we could talk about that story if you like. And we could notice how funny it would be for you to use my new name. I would just, <laughs> it would be so fun to hear that. I would just, have this giant smile on my face. <laughs> and I really do wish you all the best. And I understand that you did what you did because of the situation we were in. And at your core, I don't think you're a bad person. You're really not a bad person. And you are highly intelligent. And I feel now that if I was to ever see you again, I would smile. And I would laugh. And I would just be happy to know that things have passed on the way they did. I 
And my personal story is a big one. It's a long narrative. It's an epic. It's an epic narrative. Full of highs and lows and breakthroughs and peaks and troughs. But all you really need to know is that things turned out okay. I found my peace. I found my happiness. I found my joy. I found my ecstasy. I've been able to see through all the games that we played. All the thoughts back and forth. All the worrying. And I'm so glad that we've come to this place right here where we are now. And, and thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for me. Thank you for the opportunities that you gave me. Thanks for giving me a chance. Thanks for taking me on board. Because really it did lead to great things. It did lead to more opportunities. So, thank you. And that's all I have to say for now. <laughs>